I'm recording. I've been recording. I also can go into my because I, I also saw Avatar in 40x, so I can talk about. Oh yes, <laughs> what that was like. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. In absolutely. Hello and welcome to the last episode of the Android Police podcast for 2022. My name is Daniel Bader. This week we are recounting, as promised, our favorite pop culture moments of the year. It is just me and Will. Yep. Hey, Will. Hey. You, <laughs> not you, not as much bullying when it's just you and me. I know. It's funny how that that uh, triangle, that uh, threesome, really just lends itself so nicely to me bullying you. I somehow blame Ara. Yeah, it's why. it's clearly Ara's fault. Um, so we're gonna do our best. We we're talking before the show how our consumption of various mediums has been inconsistent at best. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I had a baby, so I have not seen a ton of movies because I haven't had a lot of opportunities to down and watch like ninety plus minutes of something in a row. But what I have seen, uh, I've seen a lot of TV. Will you are kind of the opposite? Yeah, I think I've, I. I mean, I'm I'm also behind on stuff. I don't have the baby excuse, so I'm gonna go with um, Daniel. My boss keeps assigning me work to do, and that's hey, I'm not your boss anymore. So <laughs> you are somewhere in the in the. I have an in, I have an indirect impact sure. on your workload. Sure, that's fair. Thankfully, I can absolve myself. Of responsibility. <laughs> yeah, it's no longer you. It is now James. <laughs> it's no longer directly me. Yes, <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm I'm sorry, and you're. Or you're welcome. I'm not sure. No, it's it's it's. I blame Twitter. It's just it's just easier to doom scroll from the oh, hours of eight p.m. Lord. to midnight and then go to bed. It's true. It's awful, 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 awful stuff. Um, books. I read more books in 2022 than I have uh, in quite a few years, which isn't saying much. I share a house with um, somebody who read 46 books this year. Uh, and that was lower than last year. This is my wife. Um, she read 58 books in 2021. Somehow she gave birth to a, a baby and also managed to read 46 books this year. So regardless of the number of books I read, uh, I would feel um, somewhat overshadowed. Yeah, Maddie, my partner, is is in a similar boat where she's reading like roughly like 50 sounds like a good average i don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head and then i'm like i read half of a murakami book this summer and that's an achievement for me (laughs) i mean to be fair most murakami books are like a thousand pages so you read the equivalent of five real books (laughs) exactly i read half of the wind-up bird chronicle and it is sitting three feet away from me just waiting for me to uh get back to it someday that is a book that I have yet to open for that exact reason. I really liked what I read. I read it on vacation when I wasn't working. And the second I got back to writing all day, I was like, I don't I don't want to read anymore. Yeah, no, I, I get it. So anyway, uh, we'll start the show by talking about the biggest movie release of the year. And no, we're not talking about Banshees of Inoshiran, uh, although we, you nailed that maybe pronunciation. We'll did I? I think so. I mean, you did better than I could have. <laughs> We're talking, of course, about Avatar, The Way of the Water. Um, the Way of Water? Yeah. The Way of the Water? Yeah. You just saw it in 4DX. I did. Which, I saw it uh, Monday what night. What is that exactly? 4DX is, I think it's Regal's branding for a specific, I, I think there's other styles of branding for it, but it, it is the seats that move and shake and punch you. 
and oh. there are wind effects and light oh. effects and I thought there were scents but I did not smell anything during the movie unfortunately and yeah it, it, there's and, and and water of course there there is you get you get sprayed there's a little jet you, setting you must be joking no there's a jet you can you can turn off the, the water is optional there is a button on every seat that says water on or water off and you can you can toggle it you're not kidding no, what? no, no. This is 100% real. We, so <laughs> I've never done, I've never gone to this. I've never gone to 40X. There is one 40X theater near me. It is at Buffalo's main mall because there are several Regal locations, but that's the one that has it. And so uh, me and my old roommate drove out there Monday night and we got there a little early and <laughs> we looked in the seats. They were like roller coaster seats, basically. Like they were much, I will say, much less comfortable than your standard like recliner theater seat it had like a lumbar support which sounds nice but it was not i would not particularly say i was i was comfortable during during the film um okay so we sit down and we have our 3d glasses trailers start and then we get maybe i don't know four trailers in probably and the trailer for shazam 2 fury of the god starts playing and our seats start lifting up <laughs> <laughs> because this trailer has 40x effects right and so this is a, this is our first taste of of what is going to be the next like three hours and 10 minutes of our life and it like matches the movement of like oh shazam is flying from left to right so we're gonna shake you from left to right and you're gonna get punched in the back when he gets punched in the back or whatever and um how hard are you being punched here? So it's like, your upper back. It's not like it's hitting your lower back. It's, it's but is it like haptic feedback on a on a phone or is it? It's more much. It's harder than that. that. It is like if someone like came up behind you and just kind of gave you a little jab. It's not like it doesn't hurt, but it certainly uh-huh. like shocks you. Um, <laughs> oh my god! There, there's oh, of course. How could I forget that there? In addition to like room wide wind, there is also wind to the left and right of your head to like startle you, basically. This feels very COVID unfriendly, FYI. Like, uh, who knows? I feel like you're just like <laughs> pushing all the, and not that you need to care about that sure. in a theater, but that also just like, okay. It's possible. And, and, and I will say packed theater for a Monday night showing. A lot of people there to see Avatar too. Anyway, I will rate the 4DX experience as fun in the moment. I don't know if I'll ever do it again. I do think it kind of, added to the film especially something like avatar 2 where it's trying to be immersive but yeah i it was a weird experience i don't know like two hours into the movie i kind of had to use the bathroom but really i got up because i was like i need a break from this like this is so much like movement and and like it's a lot. Oh, there's smoke, too. I can't believe I forgot the smoke. And if you're sitting in the front two rows of the, you get like, that's where the smoke comes from. You, we could see that the seats were just like engulfed in smoke. Yeah, you're, you're, you're just like suffocating Basically, your way through this film. Yeah. Anyway, um, I've, this is like the most expensive theater ticket I've ever bought, too. So like I paid for this. Um, <laughs> Can you divulge how much it was? Well, like. It was $25, which is probably relatively normal pricing, depending on where you live. In Buffalo, the average theater ticket prices for a 2D showing is $12. So, like, it's, it's yeah. essentially double. Okay. 
So yeah, I, that I don't sounds know. right. Yeah, yeah, I had a really good time, and I will say because <laughs> Daniel was shocked to to learn this uh, before we started recording that I, I uh, on Letterboxd I gave Avatar two uh, four and a half out of five stars. I think it kind of rules. I don't particularly care for the first one. I think it's fine. I think I have it at a three out of five, and I don't know. This one just won me over. I couldn't tell you why. It's very much more Avatar. I don't think it's even that different than the first one, but the characters, I guess, I related to the entire family uh, in the movie now, and it's a wild film, and I would say go see it. So I haven't seen it, but I have been listening to numerous podcasts and reading a bunch of articles about it, and everybody says basically the same thing, that it's a better film in almost every way than the first. Yeah. However. The plot is basically the same plot. Yeah, I would and say that so. the real improvements come from sort of the focus on family. Yeah. That tightens up the script, makes the emotional appeal a little bit more like immediate, I guess. I would you agree. Know, the, I, I was surprised how emotionally attached I was to some of the characters by the end of this movie, <laughs> where I did not feel that way while watching the first Avatar. It really wins you over just through sheer vulnerability, basically. It's a very genuine movie. It is not a MCU movie where every emotional moment has to be downplayed with a joke. Mm. It, it is sincere, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Like, it is very, like... You're going to spend an hour exploring this sea village of Pandora that looks like Final Fantasy X brought to life. And you're going to either vibe with it and have a really nice time or you're going to be bored out of your mind. And I would under I understand if it's not for everyone. I don't think it is. But like it totally won me over in that middle section where I was like, this is so chill. And then the last hour of action, basically, it's basically like an hour long finale. It's incredible. Like outside of Top Gun 2, probably the best action I've seen this year. It's Mm. certainly better than any action i've ever seen in an mcu movie like any of it you can tell where everyone is at all times you can tell what's going on and i mean part of that is that it's essentially an entirely cgi movie and so he can control everything about it but yeah it's still incredible to watch tell me about the feeling of the 3d effects like do you remember the first movie and like what that felt like did you see it in theaters back in 2009 Okay. Yeah, I I missed it in theaters. I had so I was a kid. I was 2009. I was 14. I, my family went to the theaters for it was somewhere in between Christmas and New Year's, and my parents were seeing man 2009. I'm gonna guess they were seeing it's complicated. That's my shot in the dark. And they were like, you can take your sister to go see whatever you want. And I believe the choice was between Avatar and Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes. And I believe we saw Sherlock Holmes. I think I picked it because it was shorter. I don't remember. Um, Not a great film. No, I enjoyed it at the time, but I was 14. I've never been able to get through it on a rewatch. Also, good memory on... It's complicated. Was it a December 2009 release? Did I get it? It was. Yeah. And also Nancy Myers, <laughs> like the goat. Oh, yeah. I mean, I also, it's it's like one of my parents' favorite movies. So it was a shot in the dark of like what would have come out around that time. No, I love, I just punched The Intern for the first time like two weeks ago and thought it was mm. uh, charming. Make more Nancy Myers movies. I've inadvertently watched The Holiday because my wife yep. played it like in the background probably half a dozen times mm-hmm. over the last few years. So... I think it was in a meeting this week where I said that I liked half of the holiday and I wouldn't say which half. 
Oh. I would not divulge. Uh, it has I, to be which, the Jack Black half. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving it away. I like half that movie. Okay. okay <laughs> it has to be the Jack Black half. It's the, the Jack. It's the Jack Black half. Terrible. It's the Jack Black half. I mean, they're both terrible, but like Jack Black half has Jack Black in it. So at it least does. And he's doing terrible. his all like he's doing his scatting thing through Blockbuster. <laughs> and Kate Winslet, like, come on, that's way more digestible than uh, what's her name? Um, uh, yeah, Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz and and like Jude Law, pretty McPrettyson, um, <laughs> a walking chin. People asked for this, by the way. People wanted this episode. I just want to. <laughs> I mean, maybe one person asked for this, but <laughs> person de- asked. All of you have have deserved. You deserve it. Okay, uh, one and a half stars for Spider Man No Way Home. Tell me oh, about Jesus that. Christ. Are you just like stalking my letterbox right now? Well, you you told me about it, so now I have it up in front of me. Um, I'm just so wow. curious about so. This. You're going to make me pivot from being like Avatar 2, one of the best of the year, go see it, to Spider-Man No Way Home, a movie everyone but me loved. I don't like it. I'm going to get so much hate mail for this. Um, Yeah, listen, <laughs> I don't want to like rain on anyone's parade. If you had a nice time at, at Spider-Man, I'm not here to say you're wrong. I, it just didn't work for me. I'm the kind of person who ignores plot holes pretty easily, but like <laughs> that movie doesn't make any sense. Like distracting. So, so it does not make any sense. Like, yeah. like Ned just gets magic powers because the plot needs him to. He's like, my family is magical, actually. Like, I'm sorry. And then the cameos don't do anything for me. The quips or like when they pull catchphrases from the originals, it's like when Willem Dafoe is like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. It doesn't make any sense in the conversation. It's like distracting. Mm-hmm. I will say I like uh, the opening, which is set to, oh God, what Talking Heads song? Ezembra. It's set to Ezembra by the Talking Heads, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite bands. I like that. And um, Alfred Molina's having a good time. Like all of that. Everything else, not, not No so notes. We don't even have to dwell on it. It's 2021. <laughs> I just like, I saw it. I was like, I have a question. Yeah. Okay. Avatar. So, the, so going back to that original question, sure. what were the 3D effects like for you? Impressive. So uh, I, I will say like we saw right before it, the Mario trailer was in 3D, which was terrifying because it was the first one to be shown in 3D and it opens with Chris Pratt's Mario walking towards you. And genuinely, it was like a jump scare. Um, <laughs> Amazing. I don't remember if the Shazam trailer was in 3D, but the Guardians 3 trailer and the the Ant-Man trailer that were played back to back were both in 3D. And compared to those, like which look very run-of-the-mill like if you've seen any movie in 3d before it looks like that like the stuff in avatar looks a billion times better like it it doesn't just look like you're looking at like a pop-up book basically like you can see the actual depth in everyone's faces and it's it's constantly like shifting if you take your glasses off you can kind of see how it's like shifting focus between what's in the middle of the plane what's in the back what's in the front it's impressive i will say i do think i would have enjoyed this movie about as much if i had just seen it in 2d which i didn't expect maybe it was because my chair was shaking the entire movie but i didn't really think about the 3d that much while i was watching it i don't know interesting i wonder if that says more about the quality of the film itself or it might the the fact that like the 3d effects were slightly more subtle this time yeah i'm not sure (laughs) i remember the 3d effects like Obviously, it was a showcase for the new tech and and all that stuff. But I remember that being so much a part of the experience of the first film in yeah. theaters. Yeah, they were constantly using it to like reinforce just how incredible the effects were. 
I remember there was this moment where they were kind of walking in the canopy, Jake and uh, what's his partner's name? Uh, Natiri. Natiri. We're like walking in the canopies and there are these, they look almost like um, jellyfish. Yeah. Floating yes. jellyfish. Those are back you, a little bit in this, in this film. There are actual yeah. jellyfish in the film as well. Okay. And that moment of you just like being in this world was in itself quite emotional. But then the cynical part of me is like, they're just doing this to make it impressive. And then the yeah. other part of me is like, well, what's the problem with that? Like you're showcasing, it's, it's almost like, you know, going slightly back to what we normally talk about on this podcast, like when and Samsung unveiled the first Galaxy Fold, right? Mm-hmm. The utility of the big display was not as impressive and was not showcased as much as like, OMG, there's a hinge. Yeah. And the hinge moves and it's it just the, the actual form was much more important at the time than the function. Yeah. And then now, like four years later, or three years, wait, two years? No, How, 2019. 2019. For the first yeah. fold, yeah. Three years later. Yeah. Um, almost four years. Holy crap. Uh, now it's like just much more about the function and the yeah. fact that like, actually, if we have time at the end, I do want to talk a little bit about Android phones because I have the Find N2 and I have I have thoughts about it. Yeah. But anyway, if that only if we have time for that. Sure. Okay, so the 3D effects were they're certainly immersive. Like I don't want to I don't want to downplay it too much. I, I I was I guess just kind of caught up in what was actually happening on screen to the point where my brain kind of started and maybe again also what was happening with my seat that maybe I just like kind of started to tune them out with a, a few exceptions. I actually want to highlight one and it's a spoiler so i'm not going to go too in depth if you've seen the movie you will know what i'm talking about and if not you will know what to look for cameron is pretty responsible with not doing the we're gonna throw things at the audience at the lens right and it's gonna be really showy he does it once and i will say that that moment which happens in the final act of the movie and involves a whale i will leave it at that got the biggest reaction from my crowd by far it was like shock and cheers at the same time it was incredible it was truly i (laughs) but like it was having such a reaction of giddiness in me of like i can't believe that this movie did the thing that it did uh the audacity of this man it is a it is a weirdly violent third act, like a surprisingly violent third act for a, a film that is rated PG-13. It's not bloody, but like things go down. There's a lot of action. I feel like more action than people will be expecting. Hmm. Okay, so Avatar, um, The Way of Water. <laughs> yes. That is what number on your list? Yeah, so I, I am behind on films this year, as I was talking about. Everything I see, I rank on Letterboxd, and it is currently number four. Okay. Uh, for 2022, I should say. I rank by year. All right, so let's go by, let, let's let's start at the beginning then. Sure. So number one or number 20? Let's 20 go number one first. Okay. Uh, that would be Steven Spielberg's The Fablements, a film no one saw. <laughs> okay, so this one... Kind of blows my mind, yeah. Because I, I was very int- like I'm as excited as any person to see a, a good Spielberg movie. There are never bad Spielberg movies, but like some are clearly better than others. This one's a bit divided, right? It's very and it's it's uh more divided than I would have guessed. I, I, I'm Spielberg's not really one of my guys, but I really loved West Side Story last year. 
And yeah, me too. Uh, if you like West amazing. Side Story, I think you'll like this. Like this feels mm-hmm. very in that vein. For those who don't know, The Fablemans is a semi-autobiographical film about Spielberg's childhood. I would say it's semi, but like honest to God, like most of that, most of the stuff in the movie basically happened in real life. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, it is really a movie about his relationship with film, but also more his relationship with his parents and their relationship and their divorce. And it's very sad. It didn't make me cry, but it made me upset. And I thought that it was a very charming story about Spielberg's rise into Hollywood. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. It's worth watching. I think it's I think it's really I think it'll find its audience. I I just think that people are not going to the theater for things that are not spectacle right now, which is kind of a bummer. But as, as someone who likes to see anything on a big screen. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of the narrative of the entire year yeah. from a from a film perspective right that no movie it doesn't even seem like avatar has been compelling enough to get people to go back to the theaters yeah i mean and spider-man last year was an incredible success and i think people were hoping that we would get more of those and the marvel stuff this year did well although i don't know does it feel like everything around the mcu this year was like really quiet like thor just kind of came and went I feel yeah, like yeah, basically. even like Black Panther 2 kind of came and is still in theaters. You can go see it. But like, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I feel like people have been like kind of checked out. I'm checked out. I will see Guardians 3 because I'm all in on that franchise. But otherwise, I, I'm pretty out. Yeah, I don't know. There have been some successes this year. I mean, obviously Top Gun is the other one. I think Disney is hoping Avatar will have Top Gun legs and also Avatar legs, which is possible. But if it doesn't, it's kind of... It's not a flop, but it's certainly not a huge success if it if it can't live up to that. I mean, Top Gun was by far the biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Deservedly so, right? It was a good action movie. Had a blast with it, yeah. It was up there on my list. Like, I, I'm not going to share my, my list because I, I only saw, like, five movies all year, but... It's in the top five. Was, yeah, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> by default. Um, all right, let's... What's, what's your number two? Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Okay. This one I think is is worth digging into. So, yeah. why was it your top? Your, um, your I don't. I I feel like this movie is like weirdly like like has has made it out of the the standard indie A twenty four sphere to become like everyone has seen it. Certainly, more mm-hmm. people saw this than Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Uh, I will say that. Um, yeah. I don't so know. So far, I, I mean, uh, maybe not over the course of its lifetime. But yeah. Right now, for sure. I once again, like, I really related to the mother daughter story in it, and similarly to how I related to the the story in The Fablemans. Um, it's a year all about family, I guess is what I'm saying between that and Avatar and The Fablemans. But no, and visually, I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a surprise to me because I was excited for it after the trailer came out. But I did not care much for the first Daniels film, Daniels being the, the directing team behind it. I did not care much for Swiss Army Man when it came out a few years ago. And so I was kind of like, well, am I going to feel kind of similar where I'm like, oh, there's some cool ideas here, but overall it falls flat for me or will I like it? And it turns out I really loved it. It's a fun movie. It's also kind of, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I feel like that movie has an actual shot at Best Picture, which is insane. I feel like it's weirdly between that and Top Gun. I don't know. It's weird. That's bizarre. That is just a bizarre thing to say. <laughs> I, I feel like it's going to be like, it's the indie darling versus like 
you're not wrong we want to honor the movie that like yeah like saved theaters or is helping to save theaters i don't know it's crazy number three uh that's jordan peele's nope so this is the most recent film i've seen Mm -hmm. I, i saw it last week so maybe there's some recency bias here but uh first tell me why you thought it was in your top three I'm probably of the rare opinion that I think Peel has gotten better with every film. Like I really like Get Out, but I almost think it's it's his. The I don't want to say the worst. It's not the worst of anything, but of the three films he's made, I think he has gotten stronger with each film. I think this one has a lot on its mind. I think it is less of a horror movie and more of I more of like a Spielberg homage in that sense, which I didn't expect going in. I thought it was just going to be more of a standard um, horror film. Yeah. I, I don't know. I also really, I know this is divisive. I really love the like middle chapter with the flashback to the monkey on the set of the TV show, which people seem very confused by. And I was like, this feels like a nightmare. This is like literally what nightmares feel like where not everything makes sense, but it is like, in a movie that, like I said, is not really much of a horror movie, that was like one of the most chilling scenes I've seen in a long time in a movie. That was terrifying. It's so scary. <laughs> like by far the most intense sequence in the movie. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a, a gen, like at the beginning, the, the Jupiter kids, like the, the jump scare. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, I forgot that about was that. Scary. that. Yeah. Yes. But like that was the only real like jump scare of the film. Yeah. The chimpanzee on the TV show set was genuinely like heart-wrenching and you like know that kid steven yoon obviously survives because you're seeing Mm -hmm. everything from his perspective you've seen him in the story so you know he lives but there's still that sense of like god like this is actually terrible like the things that peel allows you to see of what's going on in the set like the small elements of it is so it's so terrifying like and then with the shoe standing up it just feels which is you know the the bad miracle of it right that's that's the through line but uh it just feels like it's some kind of nightmare that you're living through it's it's mm-hmm. great and the, the rest of the like i love the entire film like i i the only thing i felt like the third act was a little rushed and like peel could have used like maybe 10 more minutes there and that was kind of my only note coming out of it yeah i agree with that i'm still not sure i liked this movie mm-hmm. i think it was incredibly ambitious and like purposefully set itself apart from other sort of sci-fi movies of its ilk yeah i think the sort of the relationship to filmmaking as well and like the relationship to the media as it stands like this was just as much about being seen as a person and being recognized as a content creator or like as a contributor to an industry as it is about the big reveal, I guess. I, I don't want to spoil it, but I I found both of those sides fairly compelling, but none of them compelling enough to make it actually cohere into a movie that I would like want to ever see again. I thought it was a bunch of really interesting vignettes with a bunch of fascinating characters that I would just like watch ride horses all day and be very entertained. <laughs> But that core tenet of the interactions between the good and the bad, I, I, I don't know. I, just, I didn't find that particularly compelling. As a plot, as metaphor, mm-hmm. super interesting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's all I'll say about no, that. Y- and you have a much 
fresher. Like I saw it in theaters over the summer. It is tough to remember exactly how I felt walking out, but it tied well enough for me. But yeah, I guess I would want to see how it plays on a rewatch. So maybe I will do that over over the holidays. That seems like a good <laughs> a good Christmas movie. Just throw that one on. All right. So other films that you loved. Yeah, I, I won't go through everything. I, I will give a shout out. Four on my list is Avatar. Mm-hmm. Five is The Batman, which completely surprised me how much I liked that movie. I kind of went to it several weeks after it had come out as a last minute movie plan and was kind of blown away with how fresh of a take it was, which is weird. Not that Batman as a detective is, is fresh, but it, it has been a long time since anyone has approached him like that in a live action sense so i uh, enjoyed it i also just in general like robert pattinson i think he did a good job and then uh i, I don't i don't know if you have anything to say about the batman but i haven't seen it really want to see it no interest wow no nothing sorry look i'm mr anti-comic book movie and even i like it <laughs> no i i didn't i didn't i don't know maybe maybe one day not a not a I don't know. I'm not somebody who thinks that like the Dark Knight needs to be topped. Sure. Personally. That's fair. It's perfect. It stands <laughs> on its own. I'm good. Um, and uh, we talked about Top Gun. I'll give a shout out to Jackass Forever. What a good movie that was. <laughs> <laughs> a genuine, genuine surprise. You're not the first person I've heard that from. Yeah, I... I, I think I have it rated at five stars on Letterboxd, which is not my way of saying that it is up there with the best of the best. But I think in terms of what that movie sets out to accomplish, it does it perfectly. It does the best version of what that movie could be. So like, I don't know, no notes. Like, great job, guys. Five stars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a bunch of stuff left to see. I will say... Uh, it, it's not one of my like number one favorites of the year, but if you're looking for like a really low stakes comedy to watch like over the holidays or whatever, if you have like, I think it's like a hundred minutes long or something, Confess Fletch, the reboot of the Fletch series starring John Hamm is like very charming and it, it, I, it's low stakes. It was shot during the pandemic. It got like no, re- it got like a silent theatrical release, completely bombed, was on up for rental like a day after it came out in theaters it's charming i would say uh watch it it's a fun little comedy murder mystery yeah i've heard the same a good like three star film yeah absolutely and and, like i have a place in my heart for that was pretty good style movies like sometimes that's all you want (laughs) you know totally you don't need a kubrickian masterpiece every single time you turn on netflix yeah that, that would be what i what i would shout out so I'll just say, just to close off the movie discussion, I haven't seen any of the Oscar bait. Neither have I. So, I'm so far behind. Like, that's what I'm doing this weekend, Yeah, more or less, is I'm just watching all of those films in the new year. If we see anything that just, like, stuck out to us, we'll, we'll discuss it. I'm definitely excited about Glass Onion As more than any of the other films. Yeah. Uh, Banshees of Inisherin, probably second. And then I want to see Tar. I saw but... Tar. Oh, you did? I did. Uh, I liked it. Maddie did not like it, which has created divisions between us. Oh, no. Um, no, I, I liked it, but I did not love it like a lot of the people on, on the web seem to like be obsessed with it. Like, I, I thought it was um, good, not great. I, I, I enjoyed my time with it, but I don't really need to watch Tar again. Okay. Unless it's Avatar 
In which case... Unless you're watching it in 4D every weekend. Yeah, exactly. For the rest of your life. I will say, I will shout out that uh, a movie that I think I will love that did not come to theaters near me and now I need to watch on, on digital is called After Sun. It's an A24 movie uh, that seems like it will be <laughs> end up beating the Fablemans. Just, just knowing my taste, it's like a father-daughter on vacation movie and it's like semi-autobiographical and it looks like it's going to make me weep for 100 minutes. I'm just like hearing about your love of father daughter or like parents. It's just like family. Apparently, I'm just obsessed with family movies now. I need yeah. you to have a child, is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's, I need to have this conversation with you when you <laughs> have a kid. That you know, when you you you're just like you see a father uh, like a parent child relationship on screen, and you just start crying. <laughs> automatically uh, I have heard from people with kids that that is their reaction to avatar it's 2 un- i cannot control it anymore it's it's something that i wish i could but i see like a daughter hugging her father or like a mom and a son holding oh, hands okay. on you actually down the street daniel you will cry at avatar 2 okay great <laughs> looking forward to it love it this is not usually my like last year my favorite movie was uh the worst person in the world which is oh yeah great film it's an incredible film 2020 i didn't watch any movies whatsoever 2019 was parasite which is a super original take no one likes that movie um (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i don't know this is this is new for me i guess all right. Well, we'll come back to that. Let's talk TV. So yeah. most of the conversations that we had in the run-up to this episode was uh, were about and television yeah. and about literally just Andor. Yeah. We spent more time talking about Andor <laughs> than phones in this in this podcast. Um, that is like, I wouldn't say it's my number one show of the year, but it's definitely a surprise. Yeah. And the more I think about it, the more I enjoyed it. I would relish every scene. Absolutely. Right? Like, yeah. Even the heavily CGI Coruscant, like I just enjoyed that world building. Yeah. And every single scene on Fez, right? Is that the... Oh, um, God. The planet? <laughs> no, no, now that it's um, escaping me. Uh, which, which planet? Which the, the like main one? Like where they start? Ferrix. Fer- Ferrix. Ferrix. Oh, my God. Fez. Every single scene on Ferrix just like made me happy. Yeah, it was. I agree. It was. Inc- it was just such. A, it was such beautiful world building, especially since like you know the fate of this character. Yeah, you know that it's only going to be two seasons. It was just remarkable filmmaking. Like the Gilroy brothers should be very proud of themselves. So yeah, I loved Andor. I thought it was incredible, but it wasn't my favorite. My favorite TV show of 2022. It's a toss up because like there were so many good ones. Yellow Jackets is like. Up there, I can't believe it was a 2022 show. I, I have been meaning to get to it for an entire calendar year now, and it will happen. I have a Showtime membership right now. I really just need to watch it. I mean, it's not a 2022 show. It's like it came out in 2021, but like it ended in 2022. It's yeah. a very compelling show, and I loved it. I think my favorite show of the year, though, was Station Eleven. Oh, okay, yeah. Again, like not actually that wasn't twenty twenty. It was it, it debuted last like December, so I, I still kind of considered yeah. it a twenty twenty two show. Brilliant! I loved the original book. I thought this was an incredibly sensitive and beautiful, patient adaptation. Highly, highly, highly recommended. I will watch it before it gets removed from. HBO Max. Yeah, before. <laughs> did you see what uh, Patrick Somerville said about it, though? Uh, the, the the showrunner? No. This was after the news that Westworld and a yeah. bunch of other shows were like getting removed from, from HBO. 
He said that if Station Eleven ever gets removed from HBO, he will buy a projector and a plot of land in the Mojave Desert and just project it onto a rock <laughs> for the rest of eternity. So that if anybody wants to see the show, just they can drive go out there. there. <laughs> just got to get there, and they're they're gonna see it. Maybe there's no dialogue. There's there's no speaker system, but we'll we'll see. So yeah, that was like an amazing, amazing show. And then there are a couple like runners up that yeah. I just cannot speak more highly about. Star Trek Stranger New Worlds was like the antidote that I needed after the awful second season of Picard. <laughs> yeah. Just one of the worst, like the contrast between Stranger New Worlds season one, which was genuinely enthralling. Almost every episode was brilliant and enjoyable next to Picard, which was the most dog shit, relentlessly bleak and an uninspired rehash of, of Star Trek tropes that I've ever seen put to film. Just embarrassingly bad. Yeah, it was great. Like, I loved Strange New Worlds. I thought it was, it was lovely and hopeful and interesting and, like, oh, just everything that Picard wasn't. And then Discovery season four was, like, eh, it was fine. I, you know, and then Atlanta. So I mm. watched Atlanta season three and just fell back in love with this. Like I liked season one. I liked season two. I know season three had its detractors. There were people that didn't like the fact that it had all these standalone episodes. And if you're not familiar with the show, it's about a group of family members and friends in Atlanta. Paperboy is a rapper and his cousin Earn is his manager. And there's Ern's partner, there's their friend, like it's just like a, it's a group of four. Season three takes place in Europe. So Paperboy goes on a European tour and it's just like the most incredibly weird set of episodes based in like London and Amsterdam and Berlin. Then there's these anthology episodes that don't really say anything about like the main plot, but they really do just like further the tone of the story. And I thought it was really, really, really interesting. So I loved it. And then season four goes back to Atlanta and it, they debuted six months apart. Right. And ends the show in this like beautiful, elegant way that I just thought was, was so, so cool. So if you've never watched Atlanta, like I highly recommend it. I, I have to, I've never gotten past season one. Like every year I'm like, finally gonna get into mana and then i watch season one and then i don't go back to it and then a year later i repeat the cycle and so now that it's all streaming i'm gonna try to like binge through it essentially although i'm terrible at binging through things so we'll see how that goes i mean you can skip season one you don't really need to it gets better in season two okay that's i've seen like i said i've also seen it like i <laughs> i just keep being like i should start here right and so yeah we'll we'll see i'll, I'll i will i will give it a shot it is it is loaded and ready on hulu and then finally for me at least it was severance i was waiting for it i, I was like i can't believe daniel hasn't mentioned severance that seems so <laughs> it was it was brilliant like i loved it i just thought it wasn't like my favorite show of the year mm -hmm. but it was definitely visually and like emotionally one of the more compelling ones but yeah. because it's so abstract it's one that i like don't really remember as much yeah that's fair. You know, like after it's all said and done, like I didn't love, like the characters are less important to the show than sort of the overall feeling that the setting evokes. Yeah. Right. 
I can't wait for the second season to flesh out the characters a little bit more. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like Don't Love That Show, and I my biggest struggle is that first season I wish was a little bit faster. I wish that like where we are in that finale was more like episode five or six, maybe. Maybe just pick right. up the pace a little bit. But I, I do think that the ground is laid for season two to far surpass season one. And I did enjoy it overall. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I think obviously they knew that the big reveal at the end of the first season was yeah. where they needed to get to. Yeah. And then they did kind of like pad it out a little bit. A little bit. That was okay. So yeah, I mean, those were my picks. There were a lot of others. I really liked the show Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Oh, I haven't seen that. Which surprised me. Our Flag Means Death. I loved The Bear. The Bear is on my list. I have a few to shout out, and The Bear is one of them. Um, I, okay, I, yeah, I really so loved... what what what, yeah. what holes can you fill? <laughs> uh, considering how many of these shows are made now, I was surprised how much I actually liked The Dropout. Oh, I like that too, yeah. It, 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 I think it's it's totally the, the cast, and it's how incredible Amanda Seyfried's performance is as Elizabeth Holmes. Because that, like I said, every streaming service is trying to do like five of these tech-related true crime shows now, and they're all kind of mediocre, and The Dropout was the one that kept my attention all the way through. I really liked it. Oh, uh, in like a weird network comedy thing, uh, I, I really enjoy Abbott Elementary. That show is delightful. If you're looking for like a 22-minute sitcom, I recommend it. The biggest surprise for me this year was season two of The White Lotus because I did not care much for season one of The White Lotus. I know everyone else loved it. It didn't totally work for me, and I watched season two and liked it a lot more. So if you didn't like season one, maybe try season two it might play for you like it did for me that show just wrapped like a week ago i think and yeah i found the characters a little more compelling i found the overall dynamics and relationships between them a little more compelling it's less about money this season as much as uh, like like sexual relations and it's uh very compelling I, i enjoyed that a bit and then um best show probably the rehearsal i would say oh yeah i've only seen one episode but I, I, it was so awkward that I was like, I couldn't watch the second you episode. You saw the first episode then? Yes. Okay, so the first episode is like a standalone, here's the concept of this show, and then episodes two through six are much more intertwined and essentially one, uh, one more, there are other rehearsals in there, but it's a, two through six is essentially one big rehearsal where Nathan directly gets involved and it's insane and it's okay uh the, it's it's wild there were like discussions during and after whether it was like unethical how much of it was faked yeah i don't know that show is insane nathan fielder is uh should be probably locked up uh in a in a psychiatric ward i don't know uh it's great i can't wait for season two that show is wild okay what like it's worth watching i i think it's not as awkward as the first episode and they're shorter i don't think any of them are as long as the first episode they're they're closer to 30 okay okay interesting all right i think we could probably talk music and books but i i i don't i don't want to belabor this episode i think we've we've tortured people enough (laughs) and i mean really like music and books are much more personal and, and maybe less universal because there's 
so many different genres and and whatnot. Yeah. So we'll we'll save that. We'll pepper it into. You love the we we covered it a little bit in our in our Spotify Wrapped. Yeah, that's thing, true. We did thing a couple weeks ago. You loved the Encanto soundtrack. I sure do. Can't stop <laughs> listening to it. That's it. I guess we'll we'll end the show on a high note and end the year on a high note. I just want to thank everybody for coming with us on this journey. We are up to nearly 40 episodes, which is kind of wild to think about. Did not expect that, to be honest. We we did it. it. This has been through a few format changes. I think the core format has stayed pretty much intact, which is great. To anybody who kind of followed me over from the Android Central podcast, I, I want to appreciate you and, and thank you. And... Uh, the only thing I ask is for you to tell your friends. This is not just an Android podcast, as you can probably tell. It's got the word Android in it, but it's, I think, much broader than that. I think yeah. we we deserve to grow. I, I'm very bad at telling people that I earned something, but I really think, Will, you have made this an awesome show. Ara makes this a better show, and I really enjoy it. So if you do one thing this month that involves podcasts and Christmas gifts, it's I don't know how that would work, but uh, find a way. <laughs> Wrap this audio file up and yeah. put it in a box. Download an MP3, <laughs> exactly. put it on a yeah. tape, uh, then put it. No, no, buy a Zune. Oh my and God, then please the only- buy a Zune. Go on eBay right now, go buy a used Zune, and then load a single MP3 onto it, and it's this episode. <laughs> it's, it's not even one of the tech ones, it's this one. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> this is obviously the best show that we've aired so far. And then, yeah, please tell your friends, family, lovers, people that you hate, dogs, <laughs> yeah, especially cats, that. whales that jump out at you. Space whales. Everything. All of the people in your the space life. Space whales will make you cry. That's all I'm saying. I can't. I can't do that. Especially <laughs> while I'm shaking. It's just like, I, I, don't, I don't want this. But yeah, thank you so much, Will. Ara, mm. Jules, for being the real MVP of this yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Editing down our like insanely long hour and a half conversations. Daniel, do you ever see what the runtime is when Jules posts it? And you're incredible. like, I know we recorded I, for way longer than that. I, I genuinely don't know if I'm just being cut out of every episode <laughs> or not, but it, I trust Jules to do the right thing. So, Jules, you are the goat and we Absolutely. appreciate you. So, you can find us all at androidpolice.com. Uh, you can find Will at Will underscore Saddleberg. Let him know what you think of his picks. You can find me at Journey Dan. You can tell me what you thought of mine. Ara is at our Wagco. She's got a well-deserved week off. Jules is at Point Jules. And that is it. We'll be back for our first episode of 2023 with a rundown of what's happening at CES. Yeah, going to be big. Or not. Or not. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I know that there are some interesting things, but they're not all mobile related. So we'll get into that. We'll get Steven to come on and he can talk about his meeting with Paula Abdul. Oh my God. He's so excited. <laughs> he yelped. He, he, he really like, did. yelped <laughs> in his house by himself. He just like shouted at the television. All right. Uh, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great holiday. A very, very happy and safe new year. And uh, we will talk to you very soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.